Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hello, Halloy. Um, I'm here by myself this week, and I feel like I had to announce that because I feel like every week for the past, like, six weeks I've been having someone sit in. Um, so it's nice to kind of be back to this old solo vibe. Uh, as much as I love having people in the studio, I feel like it was necessary this week, too, because I'm going to kind of be touching on a more personal topic that relates to me. Um, I'm going to be talking about when my sister had cancer and how I was able to get through this tough experience and how I grew emotionally and just character wise, I think, throughout this and some of the coping mechanisms I use to kind of help other people that may be struggling with the same issue or like similar issues. So as always, I'm going to break this up into sub points and use elements of this situation that relate to those sub points. So my first point that I want to touch on is that to remember when faced with something pretty difficult that you need to allow yourself to be sad and like process the emotion but that doesn't necessarily mean you're allowed to sit there and sulk and do nothing you know my dad always said if you have energy to bitch and complain you have energy to fix the situation you're in and that's not to say that you can't you know let yourself feel the emotion but I think a lot of people will get so caught up in their feelings that they forget that in order to fix a situation you're in, you need to, you know, take action. Um, and, you know, with this situation. So to give you some context, my sister had her first brain tumor when she was 17. And I remember I was at college and I was in my second year and my mom called me at like maybe 10 o'clock at night. And she was like, hey, um, your sister just had a seizure this evening and they, you know, had to take her into the hospital and they conducted a scan on her and it turns out she has a brain tumor. Um, and, you know, I think I sat there and I just kind of, after the phone call, I sat there and I just kind of processed it for maybe three or four hours like I literally just sat in silence and like thought about what my mom had just said to like kind of allow reality to set in and I'm one of those people I don't my initial reaction is not to cry I guess my initial reaction is I'm usually shocked and like emo like I'm usually a very animated person and so all the animation leaves my body when I'm shocked um so yeah that's how I processed the initial um event that had just happened and you know like I said you kind of you have to take action and this is going to kind of play into my second point so you can't blame yourself for the things you can't control but you should try to focus on things you can control so when I heard about this like I said, my initial reaction was shock and I just kind of sat there and processed this. And then my second reaction was like panic and of course like sadness because I was like, oh my God, how serious is this? How long has this been going on? Um, just to give you a little more context, it was a grade two tumor, I believe. So it had been there for a while and the only reason they had uh, detected this is because she had a seizure. Um, so... My parents had told me, you know, we're really stressed out because, um, you know, obviously their child is sick and no parent wants to ever deal with their child being sick and having to watch them go through illness. Um, but 
the thing they were stressed out about was also finances. So my dad is an officer in the service and he has been for 30 plus years. So financially we are pretty stable. However, you know, the medical process that the doctors wanted to put my sister through was located in Boston and we live all the way in Maine. Um, and it was at this like super big medical center for cancer research. And so it was pretty pricey. Um, so, and to give you a little more background, I was in college at the time. My sister was going into college at the time and my brother was prepping for college. So my parents were like, I don't know if we can help you anymore financially because my parents were financially assisting me. Um, they said, I don't know if we can assist you financially prep for your brother and sister and support this medical endeavor we now have to take on. So uh, they were like, do you think, would you like to look into taking out loans or like maybe you can take a gap year and work? Um, <clears throat> and you know, I immediately, that was the thing that I latched on to. So I couldn't um, control, you know, my sister being ill but I could control at least my contribution to alleviating some stress off of my parents so I over the next like month I think started inquiring like different ways to pay for school like different grants merits scholarships that I could look into and then I had a friend that was like you know you could get a tuition waiver through the military and I was like, oh, well, I don't want to take a gap year and go active duty. And my friend at the time was like, no, 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 because they were in the guard and they were like, you could go guard and like be part time military and get a tuition waiver. Um, so like I said, I I mean, I I think for like the first couple out like I said that day that I found out my sister was sick I kind of grieved and this throughout this whole process of me trying to figure out a financial um a way to financially support myself I was emotionally distraught and I allowed myself to feel some of these emotions but I also was trying to find ways to kind of help the situation so I finally did decide to go into the military to help my family and get that tuition waiver and pay for my schooling and luckily my next two years were like tuition free so I didn't have to worry about tuition thanks to that um anyway so like I said that was kind of my way of taking control of the situation because I couldn't control what was happening but I could at least control what I was doing right um and, you know, I'm going to kind of go into my next topic, which is talking about the things that are bothering you. You know, that's not, it's not weak to need help. And pretending they don't bother you doesn't make them go away. So I actually did have this problem. I, I think I kind of have grown out of this, but when I was little, I, and all throughout high school to pretty well more like middle school all the way to like college my biggest thing is that I'm a pretty upbeat and positive person so it bothers me when something is bothering me if that makes sense like I try very hard to not let things bother me because I don't like being the person that everyone has to try to cheer up because I'm usually the person that likes to do the cheering up, if that makes sense like I pride myself on being the happy person so it makes me 
upset when I something is internally wrong with me. So that being said, it was hard for me to tell people or let people know what was going on. Um, and I think when it initially happened, when I first heard my sister had cancer, I didn't say anything to anyone. Um, my parents were like telling me that they were going to make an announcement about my sister having this cancerous tumor. Um, and they did, and I didn't say anything until they did. And the thing is, I didn't even have time to really process my own emotions. So what happened was I ended up going to boot camp while my sister was dealing with all these surgeries and such. And so I missed a good chunk of this, um, the medical procedures process that my sister went through. So in a way, I kind of escaped because while I was away at boot camp, you know, I wasn't there to see what was happening so it kind of got pushed to the back of my mind I thought about it once in a while but I hate to say it but every time it like came to my head I kind of distracted myself so I wouldn't have to think about it and like I said not talking about things doesn't necessarily mean it won't go it isn't there because I came home um I want to say like four and a half months later after my all my training and my sister had had like she had gotten done with the first tumor and then they had told us that the tumor had come back. So she was on her second tumor by the time I came home. Like I had thought everything was going well because when I was leaving, my mom was like, oh, it's OK. She's going to go through surgery. It'll be fine. And she had been through surgery. And of course, my parents didn't really have a way to communicate with me while I was at boot camp. So when I got home, they were like, oh, by the way, it came back and we were going through the process all over again. So I guess in a sense, it's a very um, literal way of the, the problem doesn't go away because it came, not only did it not go away, it came back um, in my situation. So I guess in hindsight, I'm not saying that it's a good thing that it happened again, but it was eye-opening to me that just because I pushed something aside didn't mean that it wasn't happening, you know? Like... I didn't talk about it to anyone. And honestly, I hate to say it, even when I got back when Hannah had her second tumor and was dealing with um, rehabilitation, kind of, I, I don't know, I don't think that's the right word, not rehabilitation, but she, was, she had to go through a certain amount of therapy because she lost a little bit of her cognitive abilities. So she wasn't able to read or write or speak properly for a little bit because of where the tumors were in her brain. So they had to reteach her. Um, and I think my way of coping was kind of distracting myself still when I got back because I didn't really um, talk about my emotions. And I feel like I still tried to find a form of escapism because, so I wouldn't say I was necessarily an alcoholic by any means, but I certainly drank a lot more and partied a lot more than I usually did. So on average now, like, and in general, I'm the type of person that'll drink and go out. Like I love going out, but I will only drink like maybe really two or three times a month at max. But like I was drinking every weekend and I know that's normal for a lot of college kids. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but for me it wasn't normal because I'm the type of person that I'll, I'll go out, but I usually stay sober. I can stay sober and still have a good time. Um, but at this time it was like, I wanted to drink. I wanted to like not focus. And I 
was getting to the point where like I was also neglecting responsibilities. So like I wasn't failing out of classes, but I was getting like C's and B's. And for me, that's not that's not normal because I usually try to I'm not I wouldn't say by any means I'm a scholar, but I tried to get A's and B's like that was what I usually my grade frame was usually around there. But because I wasn't trying, um, I was just not doing great in school. And I know it's because I was trying to distract myself from what was going on in my personal life. And luckily I had friends and family that called me out on this. Like they weren't mean, but they knew that something wasn't right. And um, like I said, I know that I was just trying to find a way to pretend that everything was okay. Um, And this is going to kind of go into my fourth topic. You know, I think that having coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms are great, but you got to make sure they're healthy and beneficial to you. Um, So everyone copes in different ways. For some people, it's church or therapy or exercise. Making sure that you find stress relievers that have positive impacts instead of negative is what's important. So like with me, I was finding they weren't coping mechanisms because they were um they were distractions is what I would call them because they weren't necessarily benefiting me they were just serving a purpose of distracting me from what was going on instead like whereas therapy is like you confront the issue and you learn how to cope with it with it the internal problems that are going on within yourself at least like in my situation I couldn't change what was happening but I sure as heck needed to have control over should have had more control over myself um and you know I want to say that my biggest issue the reason I felt that I couldn't so the reason I felt that I needed to distract myself from this and like I couldn't open up to other people is because I had that fear of, you know, feeling weak and like asking for help. Like I said, I pride myself on being the happy person. So having to tell people that I wasn't happy was odd to me. And it it had always been a struggle growing up, I guess, to like kind of be like, oh, I'm upset. Um, And, you know, I never had a problem like saying I was upset if it was something small but like big things like that I knew other people couldn't help with like I like I would tell someone if I was upset that oh I'm upset because my shoes don't match like when I was a kid or I'm upset because you know my shirt got dirty like that's that's like an easy thing but big things were hard to be like I'm upset because someone was mean to has been being mean to me or I'm upset because um you know, something happened, um, with a friend today that I don't want to share about. Big, big things were a little harder. Um, now I'm better, but I think that has always been a struggle, had always been a struggle for me up until that point, And that was showing in that situation with my sister. And, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't talking to people about it. And I think one of the things, one of the reasons was I didn't want people to pity me too because um I know people want sympathy right when they're going through things but no one wants to feel pitied no one likes feeling pitied because we all have our pride as people and you just kind of feel looked down on by some people when they're trying to offer you sympathy I say in quotes because it's like 
oh, I'm so sorry. And it feels like they're looking down on you as, oh, this poor person going through this situation. Um, and I just didn't want to have to deal with that. So I think I preferred not talking about it and kind of pushing it away. Um, and, you know, I would have people say things like, this is going to go into my next topic, like bad things uh, always happen to good people. Like people would say that to me and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, well, it's not like, my mom always said, you know, when we were going through this thing, she was like, this is like, this is happening because we can handle it. And like, that's kind of an odd way to think of it. But I know that she's correct because life isn't perfect and everyone goes through shit. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a good or a bad person, but shit, like shitty things happen to everyone because life is not perfect and people are not perfect. Um, and if something is happening to you, like whether it's good or bad, it's because you can, like, you can handle it because life goes on. Whether we're ready or not for it to move on, life is going to keep going on and you have to, you have to learn how to handle it. Like I said before, it's okay to, like, sit there and be sad, but, like, you can't let it beat you down. You can't let, especially, like, in a situation like this where I couldn't control anything happening, like, I couldn't let it keep me down because what, regardless of, I'm lucky because at least in my case, my sister pulled through and had a full recovery and like is doing, is doing pretty well right now with her, um, pills and her pills keep the tumor and cancer from growing back. So that's going pretty well right now. But regardless of if it had taken a turn for the worse, my mom was like, we'll be like, we'll be able to get through this because we have to, because life keeps moving on. Um, and you know, just because even if someone you care about, their life comes to a halt, that doesn't mean you stop living. You keep living for yourself and for them. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on these topics because I feel like they're important because like I said, everyone goes through shit and it's important to keep in mind that you need to learn how to cope with the things that you go through. You can't just sit there and pretend they're not happening. You can't sit there and take it out on other people. Um, you have to learn how to, you know, be in control of your emotions um, because you can't be in control of every situation, but you can control yourself. So I hope that this advice was helpful to you. Again, I'm sorry it was a heavier topic, but I feel like it's nice to, you know, be able to divulge and like talk about some of the heavier topics sometimes. And, you know, I will say this, you know, dealing with the heavier stuff, you're able to help yourself. One, you grow yourself, right? You have your character development, your anime development arc. And two, you're able to help other people because you're able to better empathize with people who are going through you know, situations that you're going through. Like with this whole experience, I would say I learned how to really cope with my emotions through a rough, um, a difficult situation. And now when other people are suffering, I understand what they need because I know that at the time I wanted someone that just could sympathize with me. And when I see other people struggling with something, I want to be that person that can sympathize with them because I know that's what I needed. So yeah, anyway, I hope you guys stay safe out there this week. That's all I had for today. Um, 
Tune in next time, friends, and take care. Bye.